There's your question. Good morning. Good morning, everybody in the combat radio signal. Good Lord, it's huge. 100,000 watts. I can't, I, I've seen the map of that. And, it, you know, it's always from a certain perspective. It, it really, then when you start looking at some of the names that are reaching Knoxville, reaching Charlotte, that's, that's pretty impressive. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. And I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. I am very skeptical of 100% renewable energy. I am very skeptical of it. However, however, one thing I've never discussed is like hybrid cars. I've never talked about hybrid cars. I think a hybrid car is a pretty good idea. In the sense of having a vehicle that could pull something, I don't know how that works out. I I don't know if there's high, are, are there hybrid pickup trucks? Someone on the text line is there, is there a hybrid pickup truck out there? I've thought about putting uh, solar panels on the roof of my house to augment what I already get. See that kind of thing. Getting uh, you know, it, it's it's one thing to. Uh, it's one thing to be completely dependent on the energy grid. It's quite another thing to... That would actually, in my mind... I may be wrong about this. Some, anybody knowing about this, if you know about it, call me and tell me. But in my mind, augmenting the energy coming to me means I need less of their energy, which lightens the load on the grid to a degree. So, I could see... You know, on the text line, somebody's telling me Toyota's building a hydrogen-powered car. I want to see one of those, too. But, see, two-thirds of the clean energy technology being employed in states right now is being employed in what would be considered a red state, two-thirds of that. Not because they want anybody on the left to approve of them, but because of the sense it makes financially. Roof panels, to me, are, are not a bad idea at all. For example. So, getting out there and trying to augment what we have today makes things cheaper, which is good for me and you, right? That would make... Oh, I'm saying, no, don't put those toxic, poisonous things on your roof. See, I don't know about it. Are they toxic? I, I, I know they're... What are they? Photo, photoelectric cells? But here's the thing. This kind of stuff should be put out there to us. And if you want to do it, that's fine. Choose. You can have a Tesla. You can have a fully, whatever you want to have. However, it is not a mandate that you, you, sh you should put on me. I don't want to hear any lectures from, uh, from Al Gore or Greta Thunberg berating me to take and make and do this. I'm not looking for a government subsidy. Let the market handle it and let the market drive it down to a cost that everybody can afford. Now, 
I'm not going to buy an electric car just because you're trying to make me do it. I'm just going to be obstinate and I'm going to be contrary because I'm, I was born a free man. I'm going to die a free man no matter what you guys try to mandate that I do. However, I, you know, And here's some free advice for environmentalists. Making claims about evangelists not leading with Jesus probably isn't the best way to win a conservative over, for example. Uh, this New York Times article, I wonder which of the three authors thought that, that was a good comparison or an accurate one. But at the same time, this is interesting because they're actually taking environmentalism and comparing it to religious faith. And this is the sort of thing that turns people off, you know. Saving money is good, but I'm not interested in joining some weird cult. Not at all. The reason that I do not want a fully electric car, for example, is because of the time it takes to refuel it and the range. A hybrid car, on the other hand, I drove to... Uh, and thanks to Sue Ellen for letting me drive this car of her parents, but... And she went with me, but I drove a, 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 what was it, a Prius to Myrtle Beach from Greenville, South Carolina back in 2011, I think it was, uh, to an event. And we got down there for $5. So I can see as we, as we move along and as techno technology begins to mature, I could see where we have one and we sort of Frankenstein it to work with the other until we get to the point to where one actually, we, we can actually store the power from solar. But I'm not going to be made to adopt anything. You guys can take some things out of out of the picture and everything. And then we're all then the United States is just going to become Cuba. <laughs> Where in in 20 in 2030 I'll still be 2030 2035 I'll still be driving my 2021 Ford pickup truck which is now 14 years old and has hundreds of thousands of miles on it. it still runs good and I've converted it over to run on on uh, cooking oil. And I'm still running and I've got a little gas pump out my, I've got a, I've got a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, an, an illegal gas pump. I found gas under my yard and I'm pumping that up and refining it on my own and I'm making my own gas. <laughs> but I mean, this is not something that we, we, we should be mandated to do. We've never been, when, did they mandate? I don't think they did. When the Model T came out, I'm sure that the government didn't get, didn't get out there and say, shoot your horse. Or ban your horse. Horses are banned. We don't like having all that stuff in the streets. And on the text line, this is this is a good point. It helps, but when the power goes out, yours does too with solar unless you have a generator or a switch to go to the batteries for the panels. But then it only lasts for a day or so. Which that is what is referred to as a temporary fix. Which means that we're still working on the permanent fix. These things should be gathering more energy and have a greater capacity to store 
this energy in a smaller space. Now, the problem that we have right now today is that with some of these batteries that we have in these things, and I'm going to talk about this later, but I mean, the lithium-ion battery is a dangerous thing. I mean, yeah, okay. One the size of the one that goes in my mobile phone, that's fine. Uh, but these things, when they go into thermal runaway, they just, they're just bombs. One minute you're sitting there and saying, you know, I can ride this bike up the hill without even pedaling. The next minute you're like, call the fire department. God help you if you parked it in, in, in the garage. So, And on the text line, right, the reason I won't buy an EV is because of the child slave labor used in the countries that have rare earth elements needed. In the fact that China controls most of it and the reality that to produce these things, nothing is saved with environmental problems. And then there's the fires. Well, yeah, that's that's all true. That's all true. All of these virtue signaling Tesla drivers, there's some child out there that dug that stuff up in a country where they have raped the earth. Gaia is raped. I guess it's okay to rape Gaia there, though. Right? It's okay to rape her over there as long as we're not raping her over here because we are nothing more than a bunch of virtue signaling fools now when it comes to certain things. The only big difference is I look at some of the technology and I find merit in it. Uh, I don't know that much about the roof panels. They may be toxic. I'm going to look into that just for my own edification. A uh, you know, a hybrid car with something other than a uh, some sort of a lithium-ion battery, I'd be down for that. Hydrogen power, I'd be down for that. How about a gasoline-powered car? I'd be high. I'd be down for that. We can work our way back to that. Coming up next, Dewey Lemons is joining me. 2A Tuesday from Dewey's Pawn Shop. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. As you may, as you may surmise, joining me now from Dewey's Pawn Shop is Dewey Lemons. Good afternoon, sir. Good, good, good. It ain't wabbit season, but it's almost deer season, dude. <laughs> it ain't well, duck season either, but it's almost dove season. There's no, there's you're no bugs close. buck out there though. I, I couldn't yeah, find you're, anything. Yeah, you're close. Of course, if you bugs, if you bugs bunny, or if you're <laughs> Elmer Fudge, you can hunt anything you want, anytime you want. I guess <laughs> as long as it's up on the tree and you can rip it off if you have to, right? That's right. So we're yeah. we're into hunting season now. What 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 seasons are we into? I think dove, dove season opens the first weekend of September, I think, and deer season just opened up today in the lower part of the state. If you can, um, if you can put up with the heat and the mosquitoes, you can go shoot you a big buck today with a gun, not even a bow. It's it's um, rifle season open down the lower part of the state. So right, come on to Dewey's and get you a new deer rifle. We are loaded down with them here and over at Traders, our other store on Wade Hampton Boulevard. They got a bunch of deer rifles in over there too. So what? So for somebody that's wanting to get into deer season and or deer hunting and everything, what kind of gun would you recommend they look at first? Oh, there's there are so many variations. I mean, you know, if you, you it's like I'm gonna drive to Columbia. Which right. car should I take? You know, there's, sure. you can drive to Columbia in a hundred different cars. It's about the same with rifles, but you know, you don't want something too big that's gonna make you flinch. You know, you don't want to be shooting at deer with a 375 H and H. Um, that's just going to kick a lot, and there's no sense in that. I mean, 
And of course, you, I don't think it should, you should shoot at him with a two-two-three either. I think that's too small, and it just punches a little hole in the deer. If you don't make a perfect shot, the deer will run off and die, and you won't never find him. Um, so you know, you you need a good a good caliber, something you can shoot good and handle good, uh, and make sure you do a real ethical kill. You know, you don't want to you don't want to wound them and you know let them suffer nothing like that. You know. So I, I I suppose you probably need some glass to go with that, or do people hunt with just iron sights? There are a lot of people that hunt with iron sights, but still, most everybody uses a scope. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of people who can still see good out there and use iron sights, but scopes are so much popular now, and you know, there's um, a large we got a large selection of scopes here that you can mount on your rifles. Actually, we mount them for you. We'll mount them and boresight them for you and everything. And, um, that so that's can, that's worth its weight right there. Now for dove yeah. hunting, what what do we need for dove hunting? Dove hunting, you need you a shotgun. You you can't go shooting doves with no rifle. You know that's. I mean, you can just don't want to get caught doing that. You're liable to shoot somebody in the next county or something. But um, yeah, dove hunting, you need you a good shotgun. People love to shoot doves with everything from four tens to you know twelve gauge. You know, some people use automatic. Some people use double barrels. You know, their old grandpas. 12 gauge or 16 gauge or something like that so you can you can hunt doves you, you just about any kind of shotgun sure so let's so what do you hunt deer with i deer hunt mostly with with either a 30 alt 6 uh 308 or 708 i got those are those are my, i got three of those that i go to most of the time for my deer hunt uh, I'm being asked on the text line, do you have a new Marlin slash Ruger 336? Is that even a – I haven't heard about that. No, that we don't have six? a new one. I, I, have a, I have an older one in, but I don't have the new model. Nope. You have a Marlin? I do have a Marlin, yeah. I got a couple Marlins out there. A Marlin Marlin, but when Marlin was still Marlin and not Ruger. Yes, yes. I have several real original Marlins out there. And you got that in 30 out 6 Oh, no, 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 not in 30 out 6 They're in, um, I think there's one out there in 30-30. There's one in 32 Winchester. There's one in 38-55. Um, there's one in 444. I got a bunch of Marlins in stock yeah. right now. Right. What do you do? What do you use for dove hunting? What kind of shotgun? Dove hunting, I use, I love to take something different. Last time I went, I took a double barrel 20 gauge. Um, but uh, I love to sh I love to shoot I love guns so you know I'll I'll take a different gun every time I go. Now I got for one a... I got one buddy tells me he said man you complaining about not being a good shot and he said you ought to shoot the same gun I said well I like shooting different guns all the time you know it makes it more fun and a lot more challenging. Well that see that's what I was going to ask have you gotten to the level of hunting now to where you have taken enough game to where you look at it now and you're like how. How much of an edge can I give the animal and still succeed in hunting? So using using a gun that may be not the cutting edge, I mean, do you find yourself doing that? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's really fun to use an old classic. You know, I went quail hunting with some guys earlier this year, and um, I took a um, Parker that was made in 1928. <laughs> I mean, it was a cool old gun, and I had an old L.C. Smith. I think it was made in the 20s also. And I mean, it's just fun to shoot those old classics. You know, they're they're really cool old guns, and um, you can you can get you an automatic Benelli, and go at them a whole lot harder and give yeah. them <laughs> give them a much harder time fast, if you want to. Fast. I'm being asked but, if your inventory is online. 
Yeah. Well, no, no. My inventory is not. We got a lot of stuff online, but nowhere near you know, maybe 30 yeah. percent, if that. If you yeah. had everything online, it, you, you would, your webmaster, he would be the highest paid guy there just because of all the updating he'd have to do. Yeah, with we, we can't keep up with our inventory and how much stuff moves. At the time we get something online, we get sold. And, you know, so we don't get everything online nowhere near. But, um, but yeah, we do have an awesome inventory right now. A lot of bird guns and deer rifles in stock now. Sure do. Being asked about a lever action 35 Remington. I uh, don't think there's a 35 out there. Um, there is a lever action 35 Henry out there. That's one of the new Henry 35s that just came in. Yeah. Uh, do you have um, any Winchester 22 auto ammunition? Uh, no, I do not have any of that. What is 22 auto ammunition? What is that? That was that was a special run. They made a gun that um, you don't really see that. They don't. Nobody makes it. I don't think anybody even makes the ammo anymore, to be honest with you. See, the, the interesting thing is the other day my son came up there to buy a gun, and he was with Kendall. And I think while he was there buying his little handgun that he bought from you, uh, you came out there with a gun that you told Kendall he needed to, you needed him to research it. Yeah. And normally uh, at the, Dewey knows about just about every gun that has ever existed except apparently that one that day that you brought out to Kendall, which I think Kendall and my son Todd both found uh, to be quite amusing that you're like, because I think Kendall said, you bought a gun without knowing what it is. Do you remember this? Oh, man, we buy guns. That's, that's <laughs> not true. There are so many. There are way more guns out there that I don't know about than I do know about them. I mean, there's a lot of guns out there. Wow. And um, we, um, you know, we try to, if we don't know what they are and don't know a lot about them, we try to research them and make sure, you know, that we know exactly what it is and everything. But, yeah, there are so many different guns. I mean, I see one I've never seen before just about every month. Right. So dove hunting yep. season is in season right now, right here, right? No, not dove season. Oh. Deer, deer season is in the lower part of state. Right. Dove season will not open up until the first weekend in September, I believe. I'm being asked if you have any 338 Lapua. Ammo, yes, we do, yeah. Is that what he's asking about the ammo? Well, it just says any 338 Lapua. So you have the ammo. You don't have a I gun? I do have the ammo. I don't know if there's any rifles out there or not. I don't that would know. Be we odd have, if we, didn't have that because I thought normally you had have one or two of them sitting around, yeah. Yeah, anyway. And uh, so deer hunting season. When does deer hunting season come up here? It opens up here for bow season in September and then muzzleloader the 1st of October. And then usually around the 10th of October is when the rifle season opens. I'm being asked, I, um, I, real quick before we run out of time, uh, yes, they have, uh, I'm being asked if you have a sub $500 AR. You have one on sale for 349 bucks, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We had some we run specials on for 349 sure yeah. enough. Yeah, pretty good gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's an AR, man. If you build an AR right, it's. I mean, the design of that's just so good, you know. Any chance you'll get another Coonan 357 again? Last word. You never know. Never, never know. know. Never know. He might get one in right after he hangs sure. up with me. Listen, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, man. Have a good one. Dewey Lemons. Go check him out. Dewey's Pawn Shop. If you're looking for a gun, hunting, combat, self-defense, he's got one of each. When we get back, only the brain dead believe that ballot harvesting is the way to go. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
All right. There's certain things you cannot escape, especially when it comes to elections. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and the podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. The world of U.S. election fraud tactics changed forever because of a publication from the Gateway Pundit of the alleged 2020 Michigan ballot manufacturing factory. See, this is nothing new. It's just that it just never got reported. This is how the fake stream media keeps things from you. After this came out, the Michigan Secretary of State confirmed that this event did take place, and they they added a little different spin. They said the system caught this fraud before it impacted an election. And here we have an admitted massive election fraud that they acknowledge but nobody got went to jail, no one was prosecuted, no one was indicted, and it wasn't even announced. So, while we're sitting here going, well, we should be ballot harvesting like, uh, like this kind of stuff, this is the problem. See, locally, this is where you're going to have these ballot manufacturing operations. So it doesn't matter how many ballots you go out and get. If they've got a bunch of black blank pa- uh, ballots sitting here to print, then they're just going to print them. And they're going to get out there and they're going to look at how many they need. I mean, when you think about what happened in the 2020 election, it almost seems like they were doing that, doesn't it? They were looking to see how many they needed to get over the top. Huh. So, The real election fraud that we have to worry about is ballot manufacturing. But there is one thing that we could do to where uh, this would be muted. So you've got fake pre-printed ballots by the thousands, fake addresses, guns, gift cards, colorful stuff. Uh, $11 million of this uh, came for voter registration, some dough from the Biden campaign. What while we bask in the reality of this discovery and uh, funded by the leftists, undeniably, and it happened in 2020, we know it. Um, we have to, you know, it's time to point out an important reality. All of the ballot har- harvesting in the world cannot stop one ballot manufacturing operation. But here's what you can do. This is a very simple thing. It's so simple, it escapes everybody. To fight ballot manufacturing in 2024, you need to freeze addresses publicly. Now, when you look at something like uh, insurance fraud, State Farm Geico, USAA, they brought in this team to fight insurance fraud. And uh, organized rings of doctors and lawyers and chiropractors hired Ethiopian scammers who would sudden stop in front of that Lexus and have a fender bender, resulting in hundreds of claims. And it was demonstrated that this particular little scheme that was going on was organized industrial-scale fraud. So when a new claim would arrive, the insurer would now tell the perpetrator to sue them. And the perpetrator did, you know, they wouldn't pay and the perp went elsewhere. If the perp chose to fight it, 
the insurer had evidence they were tied to a fraud ring, so they went away fast. And this is the same with election fraud. This is called using fractal technology. And you compare every address in the voter registration file with its corresponding real estate property description. It has nothing to do with who lives there. Okay? Remember that part. You ignore who owns the building. This is an address-driven fraud detection system. Addresses don't lawyer up. They don't have court cases protecting their right to vote, even if fake. And what? And this is growing. A lot of state legislators are starting to do this. Uh, this is freezing the scammy addresses. At one super red Midwestern state, they ingested real estate rolls for its largest county, compared them with the voter roll, then they went to the voter history file, did they vote? And then, in a single click, the newly minted election detective, a state rep, showed her colleagues hundreds of voting people residing at shopping malls and restaurants and convenience stores. That's right. We're talking about Jay Valentine. That's right. We're talking about Jay Valentine. Um, this is the guy that wrote this, uh, this program to call all of this stuff out. Addresses have constraints. You can create more voters than there are people. States like Pennsylvania do it all the time. And there's no way to challenge this because the courts never intervene. People come and go. They change their names. Addresses are a different matter. Every address must exist in the real estate property role, even a church paying no taxes. Addresses don't move around. Addresses accumulate information, year built, type of business, number of bedrooms, baths, additions, single family or apartment. Think 80 to 100 attributes for any one address. And they're accurate. County tax assessors drive around to see if someone built a lean-to on a vacant lot, then send a tax bill. And their goal is software operating at 200 million transactions per second. So the scammer pals now have to tie everybody to an address, so they need lots of them. So, while you can't make this disappear, you can make it go away. And this is called the undeliverable ballot which flags every address, business, office building, vacant lot, and reports the number of registered voters there publicly. Once a chain restaurant shows up with 32 registered voters, nobody regist will register there, and those 32 are flagged, and they don't get a, a mail-in ballot. And they're getting engaged in a growing number of U.S. Senate races. And these guys know they cannot get fake voters off the rolls for 2024. But not soon enough. But they can out every address, address, which is an absolute fake, with voters registered there. They just not name the voters. So, rather than litigating after these scammers vote, you can challenge and enjoy them now with a year to make a case. This is preemptive. This is called an offense, not defensive strategy. Your ballot factory floor manager must move his phantoms from the no-go addresses to apartment buildings and single-family homes and others matching a residential property description. And that's really hard because they don't know. They don't have the database to move it around. They have to move the current crop over, but the fractal team has voter records dating back sometimes 15 years. So that sweet Liberty guy, when he appears now in Jack and Mabel's condo, they catch it and maybe call Jack and Mabel. Who knows? 
And for the newly created fake voters pulled from homeless shelters and just made up, they have to go to apartment buildings and other locations. They cannot assign an apartment or unit number because the ballot will go to the real guy. So it will not be collected by the Postal Service and given to the leftists. In Wisconsin in 2022, the election integrity team went to registrars in many counties and showed them scammy addresses by the thousands. Registrars were told if those business locations received mail-in ballots, there would be criminal referrals. So the conservative treehouse, which uh, I've talked to her, Mr. Tree, they noted it was the action of Wisconsin voter integrity team that saved a U.S. Senate seat. Addresses. Addresses. Very simple thing. And for those of you asking if this can be done, this is called uh, fractal. It's by a guy named Jay Valentine. It's the undeliverable ballot flag. Call your local uh, local representative and tell them you want this. We should be having this. I guess they can just adopt it. And what can states do? You know what? I need to find that out. I'm going to find Jay Valentine. That's what I'm going to do. I'll bring him here. We'll get those answers. I, I'm not afraid of finding those answers. You know what? I'm I'm looking for a little gravitas from some of the leaders. Do we even have that in any leaders today? I don't know. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. We have lost. We've, we've lost sack, sight of having leaders with gravitas. You know? That aura, a sense of commanding leadership, the quality that wordlessly demands the respect of everybody in the room when they enter. And those days appear to be gone now, maybe for good. And it's difficult to envision today's Democrats accepting uh, the comforting remarks of uh, Ronald Reagan after the 1986 Challenger space shuttle disaster, even Republicans rallying around Democratic President JFK like they did during the 62 Cuban Missile Crisis. Because today, everything is hyper-politicized. And that's mostly the fault of the Democrats. However... However, uh, a lot of Republicans have gone along to get along out of some sort of political self-preservation sense. And every occurrence in the news is presented as accruing to either the plus or minus of an individual politician or party. And the the fake stream media, they flog Republicans mercilessly and inaccurately at every opportunity. And in some cases, not even, uh, you know, to the point of it's, they wouldn't even think about what they're talking about. In today's media environment, the Challenger accident would be painted by CNN as being the Republicans' fault, not as an American tragedy, maybe something to do with uh, climate change. And, uh, you know, they would say rather than spending that money on the disadvantaged and minorities, they favored billions of dollars being funneled in one of our favorite supporters, the aerospace industry. In a shallow ploy for good publicity, they cut corners and Krista McAuliffe was killed. This is the Republican playbook. Democrats have, they, they have no, reality would mean that if they had a leader, a real leader, like a JFK, JFK was handsome and charismatic and inspirational. He transcended party lines. He was accepted domestically and around the world as an American president. Lyndon Baines Johnson didn't have those traits, and he got forced out by his own incompetence and dishonesty. Nixon had a good weight of a uh, good measure of weight and presence, but then came Jimmy Carter. 
the peanut farmer, and uh, he became the poster child for ineffectiveness. When the raid to rescue Americans was uh, in Haran went so horribly wrong, it seemed to sum up his entire presidency. He'd gutted the military to the point where it could no longer function effectively. He botched our relations with the Saudis so badly, they felt no compunction whatsoever in imposing the second great oil embargo, giving rise to the odd even-day gas rationing, long lines, and runaway inflation. And all Carter could do in response was come on TV wearing a cardigan sweater like Mr. Rogers and beg Americans to turn its thermostat down to 68 and announce that we are in a national malaise. Reagan had it. That intangible gravitas. He had the ability to influence foreign affairs, to forge a strong bond with strong allies like Margaret Thatcher, and to make pointed adversaries like Brezhnev and Gorbachev give in. And one of the things that Democrats hate about Trump is that his, he has gravitas in spades. Clinton had some degree, much more so than Carter or LBJ, but Obama had none, and Biden has less than that. And if Biden can't complete his current term, does Kamala Harris even know what gravitas means? They don't care about style. They don't care about presence. All they bring is word salad. We need... We want, we want a real leadership, but you know what? That's it for me today. Back in. That's all folks. See you in 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.